Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time, the Serifo podcast powered by VidPix. Today we are joined by a UEFA B licensed coach and who's also a manager at a girls football community organisation based in London. The organisation, they joined the organisation in 2019, having previously worked at Leisure Trust and our partners, Fulham, Fulham FC Foundation, in the football development role. The social community organisation, Girls United FA Team, wants to give girls and young women from around the world the opportunity to have equal access to sport that is safe, fun and inclusive. Our guest for this episode is Abigail Ingram, London club manager at Girls United FA Team. Thanks for joining us, Abigail. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So, OK, no, we'll get jump straight in. Um, so how did you first get involved with um, Girls United FA team? Um, really, I think I was just in a process where I'm always quite honest whenever I'm in a job that I will continue to look at other jobs just to make sure like I reflect on kind of what I want to do in the next year, the next kind of two years. And that kind of keeps me on track whether, you know, I am happy within myself. And I think um, I just saw it and I was like, do you know what? I've just done my B. I kind of want to get back into women's football. Did a bit of research on kind of like women in football. I think I saw it on there. Did a bit of research on their website. And I was like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. Like kind of a local to where I grew up, um, which was like South London. Um, Nice job title. Kind of saw that, you know, the work they'd done previously regarding being out in Mexico had a holiday like the year before so I was like oh this is like falling into place um and I think I had I was coming up to like three years at Fulham and I was I, I enjoyed that and I think we'll talk about that in a little bit but like I was just like something new something like where I can hear some different voices I can maybe have some different impacts and then it allows me to just reflect on kind of again where I'm at I think um like I said, I enjoyed what I did in the Fulham Foundation. And I think yeah. like just finding out more about what foundations did in London has allowed me to take that into this kind of organisation. But it also, you're potentially restricted just because of like where you can be when you're attached to a club location-wise. Whereas Girls United, we can just kind of be wherever we think we were best suited instead of worrying too much about like patches of football clubs and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. So it gave me a bit of freedom in that sense. Um, and then, yeah, just like speaking to the founder as well, like she is really motivated and I think we just bounced off each other and we just had some really like informal chats and I was just like, just took the jump. It was a bit of a risk because I think, again, when you talk about being in football and being attached to a pro pro club like Fulhamar and versus kind of, you know, a... Uh, a more social enterprise like Girls United, I was just like, I'm young enough to not worry too much about my responsibilities. <laughs> that I can take this risk and touch wood so far. It's working very well for me. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all about taking the risk and hope and hopefully they pay off. And this one seems to have, have paid off. Um, so I, I think I'm right in saying that Girls United FA team started in 2016 in Mexico. Yeah. In Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you know a little bit? Do you know a bit about the history, how it all began? Um, obviously, you spoke about the the founder just then. I'm sure she told you. She probably spoke to you about. It all, all, all. Yeah, she she does the, she does the speech a lot better than me. That's for sure. <laughs> she really sells it. Um, and I think, like I said, when I was speaking to her, I was like, wow, and I'm still still a little bit in awe of it. Um, but yeah, yeah. she uh she went to King's College University. Um, and she studied there, and I think she she kind of was born in Mexico, lived in Mexico, and it just her love of football was just like what can I give back to the community and, and obviously that was her first community and I think by studying in London that's kind of where 
we then or where she then started the London club as well a few years down the line um but they, they've done so much work in both spaces where it's about kind of engaging girls in schools giving girls their opportunity to really play and I think when we talk about the club out in Mexico it's all about girls kind of have different expectations about when they drop out of school compared to kind of England where it's a bit more kind of forced upon if you're not enjoying it you kind of still got to stay in school or some kind of provision um also just about their whole kind of like family culture and kind of like looking after their younger siblings and stuff so it's about giving time to those those girls out in Mexico and giving them space on the pitch that maybe before was just just the guys pitch um which obviously we see similar things in London maybe not so much now but it's it was just yeah so amazing to hear and when you see the pictures as well you always want to go there but yeah. I'll have to wait my time. <laughs> <laughs> I was good. Yeah, I was going to ask. So, you, I, I, have you been to where they're based in out there, or is it just you've been? Not, not yet. Um, obviously, I started here. I started in September 2019, so my years kind of flown by with the yeah, pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I kind of spent the first few months settling in, kind of getting things on on track, and seeing where I could go within the London and. We had a few discussions, but yeah, COVID unfortunately got in the way of that one. But yeah, I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait till yeah. we get a few more clubs, and maybe I could do a whole a whole trip. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be a great way to celebrate the end the end of it all when hopefully it comes. Um, yeah. But yeah, so your role at um, Girls United FA team, FA team. So you're a manager at the club, London club manager. So can you tell us a bit more about what that consists of? Yeah. So again, I think this is kind of what invited me to the to the role itself was that I don't want to leave the pitch fully yet um I've really enjoyed kind of coaching the players and also working with the the staff and I also understand that within football that's not often a full-time job in itself so um my job's kind of split 50-50 nearly where you know I do the kind of monitoring evaluation of our programs communication with our parents um and the general kind of like running of a club in that sense but also We'll have kind of funds and, and grants that we apply for, partnerships with brands, venues, yep. schools, universities that are often overseeing. We, we've got a marketing manager, Camilla, who we work very closely together. Obviously, prior, we would have been in the office speaking a lot, but um, we, we still got very well regarding kind of like that kind of partnership and how we can grow that as a brand and how we grow that as London in specific and, and wider. Um, and just also kind of, yeah, coming up with ideas of what, what's needed by different people, if that's the workforce, if that's volunteers, if that's other clubs or, or ourselves internally. And then I get to spend most most evenings or afternoons, yeah, hopefully coaching in some capacity. Brilliant. No, I mean, it sounds, sounds like the dream. Um, <laughs> when, when it's all going well, it's, it's the best thing ever. When it's absolutely yeah. chucking it down, I might have oh, a few yeah. different words to say, but the girls the coaches it's yeah it's been amazing they're they're top class um they're definitely motivators of mine yeah no, it's brilliant and that you mentioned funding and, and partnerships i imagine that's quite a big part of of girls united fa team at the moment in terms of getting that funding getting that partnerships to 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 run programs um yep. so yeah we've got obviously the, it quite leads on quite nicely to the main programs i think that, that you run does there just a brief overview of what what the programs are, whether who who you who you work with as well would be would be nice to know. Yeah, so um, we've kind of got a player pathway. So we start off with just making sure that girls want to love the game, and that's kind of yeah. our entry session. So that might be 
kind of working with primary schools. It might be our Wildcats program, um, where girls kind of across all different ages can drop in and just play at their their level. Um, so we go kind of across the whole program. It's five to a sixteen year olds. Um, and then after that, we, we talk about our Play Like a Girl sessions, which are our Saturday. They're a bit more like social. So that might be a mixture of girls that are kind of coming through the Wildcats or the entry or kind of our club sessions where girls just want to still just enjoy it and have a social space. It's not all about their kind of uh, just their club and just their kind of age group. Um, and then they can start to begin to kind of represent us or represent themselves as a team, um, be part of a league which is part of the uh, Tandridge League, which obviously okay. does occupy kind of Surrey, London and Kent spaces in the, in the boys' division or mixed division. Um, so they're starting off, off a really good kind of girls' league. It's in its second season now. We've, we've been part of that with our kind of 12s and 14s and now our 10s, and, and that's been really exciting to, to see grow. Um, and then we kind of talk about our maybe funded programs which is kind of our like tampon tax sessions our sport england sessions street games they're kind of some of the partners that we do um king's college we did a civic challenge with them and that's kind of around you know really targeted groups such as um black coaches matters program we've run we've run um workshops for maybe inactive girls and trying to get them more self-confident to play sport and that's really exciting because then we can then hopefully invite them into our kind of more club sessions or, or kind of like yeah. club setup, and then they can continue and make sure it's not just a kind of one-stop go kind of show. Um, and I think that's kind of what's most important to, when we do run those kind of funded programs that it's not just a, yeah, pass, go and collect your money kind of situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely kind of go in, make an impact and, and provide an outlet to them. I think, again my previous experiences of working with a foundation has allowed us to kind of continue that and we've, we've done some work with Fulham for example um, and some of our players have gone on to RTCs with, with Charlton and Millwall as well previously so I think that's always been a great thing of how we've run our programs in the sense of they're not just our players like they're part of our community yes but they're players of of a sport of football and wherever that suits them best is wherever that suits them best and I think that's really fun about kind of what I get to do as well yeah it's kind of it's interesting it kind of seems like it's part club like grassroots club part yeah. grassroots club part foundation it's quite it's quite yeah. it's quite interesting so it's kind of the best of both worlds in a way yeah that's why <laughs> that's why I enjoy it so much because I just yeah yeah I like and then the other bits that maybe Aren't, aren't so fun towards me anyways I'm like no we won't do that yet <laughs> <laughs> no it's, I mean it's, it does sound like the best of both worlds and it's it, I, I was going to ask you it's interesting because you mentioned that I didn't actually realize that you that you're you have teams as well so in terms yep. of um but it's it's quite it's quite interesting how do you how do you do you provide support to grassroots clubs is it whether that's in workshops do you run workshops at clubs yes yeah, so... for for girls that don't play at a club um, do you know what? Like we we've done a mixture. So again, kind of like January to March time, we we ran a program called Play Like a Girl Workshop, and we actually invited kind of everyone from our league. Um, and there was a mixture of kind of player workshops and coach workshops. Okay. And again, like I think just within the Tangers leagues, the the coaches of other teams are just so open and 
there's just so kind of like growth mindset that they weren't too worried that it was kind of like a competing club I think because we've had just really good conversations before games and after games and how the girls have played the games on the pitch that some of our even most local teams had came to these events and that allowed them to meet kind of ex-Canada kind of um, national women's team coach and that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know like pro players um, who have played out Vera who's played out in like USA and I think if they weren't open and they missed that, um, that that's kind of like a pie on their face instead of like us not inviting. Um, and then, yeah, like even our kind of coaching programs, we've offered kind of support to go watch them or just general kind of like catch ups with people so we can discuss that. Obviously, I think you always get some people that are more open to it than others, but yeah. um, our team... Athenay are like literally like I think three minutes round the corner from us and I would say our relationship between them or at least on my part they've always been so kind to us like they've always helped us if we haven't been able to kind of host the game because we are the university site that we use for example is flooded and they've got 3G like they've always been more supporting and I think that's right. just like it just shows them in such good light and I think that's then allowed us to make sure that we can then provide that other stuff that maybe as volunteers they can't do themselves because of just time limits they definitely want to but um, it means again Hillyfielders they shared some of our player events and they came mm. and you know it's never kind of um, wouldn't we'd say like to a player like where where are you based what are your options like what's your availability if it, and if it doesn't work with us like again we'd make sure they have the contacts of the clubs that we trust that they can go and Again, yeah. with if we've got any striving players, can they? Where can they go to make sure that they're being stretched and and vice versa? Um, same with like holiday provision as well. A lot of the clubs that we may play against will will have kind of maybe parents or even volunteer coaches that work different during the half yeah. terms, and they've always been open to share stuff. So I think in that area, like it's just been so positive so far. So. Yeah. Hopefully it carries on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm um, sure it will. And it's, it, it's, as you say, I think the workshops, they sound they sound brilliant. I think they work both. I'm sure they work both for players and coaches. Um, it's nice that you can provide that for clubs. So more about yourself now in terms of your coaching journey. So you're your HB licensed coach, which is, which is brilliant. So congratulations. It's amazing. Um, so what advice would you give to to other women wanting to start their coaching journey? Um, so obviously we know there's, there's uh, we've spoken to quite a few in the past. We spoke to a few on our level two um, last year. Yeah, yeah. And there was there was three of them in the room out of thirty people. Um, so, how what was your experiences and what what advice would you give? Um, I kind of look back on it and I'm kind of just grateful that I had quite a few male and female allies that just pushed me to do it. I kind of feel like, yeah. especially my UAPB, like I was I was fortunate that I did it with with Surrey FA when I was at Fulham and um I I got given a grant or I applied for a grant and again I think I got tagged in that on Twitter and I was like oh yeah maybe like and I ended up applying for it I, I went to the kind of open day and that yeah. was all kind of like oh Abby you should you should like not many people get that opportunity you're working at this club like you definitely yeah. got the skills or like whatever I needed to hear to just kind of push me along so one I would definitely just make sure you've got people that want to grow with you or you know like push you don't kind of just settle for people that will always say yeah it's okay like things are okay and stick with okay I think there will always be times when you're not okay in general but I think overall you need people that want the best for you and I think 
I was always either fortunate or I, or I found those people myself, like a mixture of both where I had people that stretched me. I think also when I was at Fulham, there got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to tell people my qualification because I'm not too worried when like, as long as you like what you see on the pitch or you like me as a coach, like mm-hmm. what does it matter? Yeah. But I kind of got around to the idea of where potentially, you know, if I wanted to go down different avenues, then I, I would need this qualification. And I think, again, I was getting to a point where I needed to make sure I was being tested. I always look back at, you know, we want players to grow. We want players to understand. So also coaches should grow and understand. And I think I had to take that on board if I wanted to then hopefully help more coaches that were working on my programs. I needed to kind of demonstrate those values myself. Um, yeah. And I think as well, like, just make sure, you know, why you're doing it. I don't think you have to be a woman to do that. But I think sometimes we still find that as a, as a female or a woman that, you know, people may judge you in a certain way. And I think that's, again, like that you can't really change that. That's them. Like, it's not a positive thing. But if you do it for your reasons and, you know, you prove it to yourself instead of having to prove to other people, it just takes a bit of weight off. Um, yeah. So sometimes like I would purposely like not really say too much just so I could gauge the room and re- like kind of just not work out like what battles I want to fight against but also <laughs> just like kind of who I value like I don't need to be valued by everyone like because I won't always get on with everyone I think like that's near impossible for anyone to achieve like yeah. you could be tolerated but you don't have to be best buddies with everyone and I think sometimes you know as a as a coach that might be stepping into a zone that you, you're not too comfortable around you're too busy maybe trying to impress everyone that you're actually just like worried then and, and put too much pressure on yourself um and I think as well just find the path that suits you there are like such good opportunities for females to go on female only courses or you know yeah. mixed courses and, and I've been on both and I think both have allowed me different things out of them and I that worked best for me and and sometimes I choked around I was like I'm I'm chill with being a female only female on that course or you know one of three or one of four because I'd have to wait for the toilet like <laughs> that was literally like my favorite thing I was like there's no queue where sometimes you know <laughs> when you do female only stuff and there's only two cubicles and you're waiting like 20 minutes and your break will be over that that was not a bit of me um but yeah like like I said, it's just around, you know, finding your space, finding what you're comfortable, but comfortable to grow in, in yeah. the sense of like, you're willing to go take some risks, willing to go take some challenges. You're not going to be the best at everything, but find what you are good at and, and just really hone in on that and make that your thing. I think sometimes, you know, coaches want to coach every age group, coach every sex, coach elite community, instead of you're just really honing in on, on what they prefer what they're good at what they can engage yeah. with yeah it's interesting you say because i think there's there's pros and cons to it all i think it's it, I, mean, I, I imagine it depends on what type of person you are i think it's if you if you feel comfortable um then you'll be fine if you, i think we've spoken to quite a few people and they've they've had mixed experiences on on whether it's female only whether it's normal courses i think they've they've had they've had they've had mixed experiences so i think it, it does the way up the pros and cons but i think at the end of the day is if you can have that that positive experience um and we can shine a light on that then then that should should help others yeah i think like in general in life like things are always going to be mixed they're always going to be up and down and i think it's just kind of figuring out what's good for you at that moment in time like there'll be some times where kind of the mixed course like 
a comment might have been said, but because, you know, everything else in my life might have been going so well that I was able to deal with that comment. You know, if mm. there were other times in my life where maybe I was just so preoccupied with what was going on and, you know, things out of my control that maybe that comment may have affected me even more at that time and maybe I wouldn't have put myself in that scenario. So it's just kind of, yeah, weighing up kind of what you can take on or when you want to take on stuff. And that might be, yeah. even positive stuff can be overwhelming, like if it's not timed right or not managed right, right? So just reach out, chat to people that have been through it or, you know, like sometimes as well, speaking to people outside of football really helped me because they just gave yeah. me that kind of like non-football lens approach and what they see it and they'll yeah. like just break it down so much more or they'll ask questions where they're like, like basic but like from a football point of view they just were were a little bit basic and then it was like oh yeah it's not that big of a deal like it's just because we have this such love for the sport that we're like oh it's so important this is so needed like and yeah. it probably is but sometimes you just need to step back see the wider picture see where you're at see what other people are doing and either combine with that or you know not feel that you have to just take it on yourself and actually sometimes working with someone could be so much better so there's a few times where I've seen the same face on a course and I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I wish I knew you were going to do it because that would have probably helped me do it even sooner. So, yeah. No, just a, that's, that's fantastic. I think it's a perfect place to end in terms of in terms of po the positive angle. And I think um, then thank you so much for your time. Um, and it's been great to hear your experiences, both at Fulham uh, and now at Girls United F FA team and what you've been doing. Obviously, I should, you've had a big break. We've, we've had a big stop with covid you came in and had a few months and then it didn't, couldn't really do much else so i'm sure you're really looking forward to to getting your getting getting stuck in um fully so um wish you all the best of luck with that but thank you so much thanks for your time thank you as well thank you for listening to another one of our stoppage time podcasts to keep up to date with everything going on at surrey fa why not follow us on social media you'll find us at surrey fa on twitter and facebook at surrey county fa on instagram and surrey fa tv on youtube Take care and we'll be back soon with another Surrey FA Stoppage Time podcast.